Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. I'm Pat Nevin. This is Ali Riley. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and you're listening to the London Is Blue podcast. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Dan, Mike, Nick, and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches. We cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you already for being an awesome listener. And you know what? Let's jump right in. All right, welcome back, Chelsea fans, to a special breaking news episode. Maurizio Sarri has officially departed Chelsea Football Club for Juventus in Italy. So joining me on the mics, we've got Nick, Dan, and special guest Joe Tweeds. Welcome, everyone, but let's jump right in. Dan, uh, give us the rundown from the club side, making the announcement early today on Sunday, June 16th here in the United States. Yeah, links to the announcement were dropped before the announcement actually loaded properly on Chelsea's website, which I think is just really is a wonderful analogy or wonderful example of just how the announcements go out of Chelsea sometimes. Um, But anyway, Marisa Sarri is leaving Chelsea Football Club to return to Italy, become the manager of Juventus. Two clubs have reached an agreement for the early termination of Sarri's contract with Chelsea FC, which had two years left to run, is ending at his request. And Marina had a few choice comments as well, saying in talks we had following the Europa League final, Mauricio made it very clear how strongly he desired to return to his native country, explaining that his reasons for wanting to return to work in Italy were significant. He also believed in the important it, it, it is important to be near to family and for well-being of his elderly parents. He felt he needed to live closer to them at this point. 
Mauricio leaves Chelsea with a thanks from all of us for the hard work and his assistance did during the season he spent as our head coach and winning Europa League, guiding us to another cup final and a third place finish in the Premier League. We would like to thank, we'd like to congratulate him on securing the role as big as any in Syria and wish him the best of luck in the future. So, Nick, I think that's pretty fair and uh, way, many, 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 way more words than Antonio Conte got when he left. So, a uh, very nice parting message from the club for Mauricio uh, Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was pretty amicable, I suppose. Although, if you're on Instagram and you and you look at the photo they chose to to announce this, it's one where Sari is bearded and uh, and a little disheveled and looking a little confused. So, so maybe there's not all positive signs here, Joe. But yeah, I mean, it was you know relatively inevitable at this point. Yeah, I mean, I for one am shocked that he's left. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh... It, it's yeah, it, it's felt inevitable. I think for some time, um, you know, you've you've seen some of the the kind of club mandated articles that have been appearing from journalists over the past couple of weeks, and I think the the sort of you know the wording of the of the statement kind of mirrors a lot of the information that was being leaked. It's it's not a sacking per se. I think the the I can't remember what, which one of the first journalists that, that broke it, but was sort of saying that from probably March time that he he was kind of telling the club that. He wanted to sort of return to to Italy for for various reasons, both personal and, and maybe professional as well. But yeah, not not a not a significant shock for me. But I think he he leads with obviously you know a, a slightly better way than I think both Mourinho and, and Conte have left the club. So slightly more amicable. But yeah, it, it wasn't a, a huge surprise that it's been announced so so quickly. Well, you know, kind of as we go around and get reactions. Um, I mean, to me. Feel free to say, you know, uh, you know how you felt Maurizio Sarri's time in. Uh, one thing that will be nice, which is a shame that Maurizio had to leave for this to happen, is the sorry in, sorry out divide amongst the fans will be no more. And if rumors Sad. are true that a once uh, Frank Lampard it will be taking over, I think that'll be an easy one to reunite the fans, which is um, something Matt Law talked about in his Telegraph article that was a concern for Roman, was the disconnect amongst the fans. So, um, again, sorry he had to... Well, that's weird. I'm apologetic that Maurizio had to maybe be the, the sacrificial lamb in this case, but I tell you what, if his plan B is Juventus coaching Cristiano Ronaldo and essentially guaranteed uh, the league title in his home country, he's not doing bad. Uh, so with that being said, uh, Tweets, kind of give us your opinion and summation of Maurizio's time at Chelsea. Were you a fan? Uh, did he leave a lot to be desired? Kind of, you know, and how do you see him leaving? How does it all now kind of wrap up to you? Yeah, um, I mean, I think overall, you know, the, the way the season ended, I think maybe sort of changed some of the the perceptions which I'd, I'd had over the course of the season, obviously delivering a trophy in, in Champions League football. I think a lot of the success was quite superficial. Um, when you kind of really look at sort of the, some of the underlying performances and, and results in the way that we were generally playing, I wasn't necessarily a, a huge fan. I, I don't think Sari really sort of understood the, the Premier League and, and even sort of when he started to make some changes towards the end of the season, particularly sort of defensively, um, it felt just sort of kind of token in, in terms of how that he was applying them. Um, you know, we, we'd all read that this was a, an incredibly stubborn man. He was very stubborn about his 
his sort of methodology and how he would implement things. But I, I didn't quite think he would take it sort of to the to the nth degree that we saw when during his time here. You know, there was a, a kind of period really sort of early sort of 2019 where it was uh, just just peculiar sort of the team selections and certain players were being picked over and over and over again, despite clearly sort of not playing particularly well and, and maybe even legitimately needing some time out of the out of the side. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really going to look back too fondly on, on the football. I, I felt it was very inflexible. Um, you know, our, our best performances in terms of just generally how we play, sort of the City League Cup final springs to mind, the Tottenham game, um, some of the latter games in the season seem to be a bit more in spite of, of how we try to play stylistically than actually you know, working sort of in, in terms of the system. Felt it was a little bit too rigid at times. You know, you could see some of the hazard, the comments that Hazard made after he'd scored. I think it was a goal against West Ham on Sky Sports that, you know, Sari wants him to stay wide and wants him to, to sort of create width and, and hug the touchline. But he sort of went, went, you know, kind of went against what he's been instructed to and comes inside and plays his own game. So I think that there was definitely, from at least a tactical perspective, a little bit too rigid for the Premier League. Some of the sort of the, the kind of set ways, ways of playing out from the back, some are sort of just the the general kind of patterns and things that he was doing. I think as soon as those got figured out, you know, after the first 15 games or so, we, we looked like a, a a team who were going to struggle for for the top four. And I think ultimately, you know, if you look at his points total as a Chelsea manager, I think it, if you look at all the 16 seasons that we've had under Bramwich, it's the 12th worst, 72 points. Um, Premier League win percentage is, is lower, lower quarter as well. It's, I think, 55%, which was the same as, as Antonio Conte's last season and you know people are combining Europa League games to say that he's got the fourth best win percentage under Roman you know I think that's a little bit of a stretch considering the opposition I don't think I can actually name the majority of teams who played in the Europa League so but yeah I mean I'm not going to look back too fondly I'm very happy obviously with the with the Europa League win and 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 sort of coming top three also was 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 good I just feel that sort of when you kind of look past sort of the superficial results there was never really a connection with the fans. I don't think the players were really bought into what he was trying to do entirely. Um, and I just felt that he was just trying to take a, a philosophy that, that worked in Serie A and try to apply it to, to the Premier League without really thinking what sort of kind of uh, adjustments he would need to make. You know, you've seen managers like Guardiola and Klopp and, and other guys come in and adjust, even if it's minor adjustments, but make adjustments to how their, their style plays. And you still have a, a general underlying principle, but there are definitely adjustments that you can pinpoint from you know looking at City to, to Bayern Munich to Barcelona for example and I think Sarri just came and thought that his plan A would would work um, and I, I think that that's ultimately where it's going to be I, I think his his style of play suits Italy I think he'll probably do quite well at Juventus but in terms of sort of Chelsea and and this sort of promise of, of you know massive uh, attacking football that we, we were going to see I, I don't think it was really fulfilled so you know maybe for me six and a half seven out of ten with the with the Europa League uh, win not someone I think that I'm going to look back on too fondly, but as you say, you know, purely based on results and, and purely without going into too much detail, third place and a, and a trophy, not something you can complain about too much. But you know, I'm I'm happy that he's that he's moving on, and I think potentially Chelsea can now go in a, a different direction. You know, it's kind of um, an interesting point, you know, to be talking about how the trophies kind of cover up a lot of the cracks throughout the season. You kind of just wonder too, Dan is the players get to this point their motivation levels go up when they're this close to winning a trophy and some of kind of what you see like the will and determination from the players they kind of probably forget maybe everything the manager wants them to do and they just play on instincts 
uh, and it delivered. I mean, I was a huge doubter that this team was going to win anything this season. And then we had this massive surge right at the end of the season. And it was crazy to see. Um, well, to be fair, it wasn't that big of a surge in the Premier League. Let's be honest. Thank you, Arsenal <laughs> and Spurs. It was, hol- it was holding water. It was uh, it was not a surge. Right. But anyways, um, it, it is kind of it kind of changes the context of Maurizio ending the season with the trophy in the top four finish. But it was rough throughout most of the season. So I guess what is your perspective on all of Maurizio's time at Chelsea? Yeah, it's a bittersweet end you know, i think it's a you know you know we didn't get to the point where we were you know i mean it's it's a marriage that's uh divorced right but it just seems to be that it was probably the the best solution for both parties to be successful or continue on their own way you know sorry you know if the registration ban is upheld is not going to get to bring in more players to fit his style like a Jorginho, and we're not going to be able to maybe allow him to offer the style of football that he wants. And so I think in that regard, it's probably best for both parties that it ended this way, that it ended early, and that Marisa Sarri gets the chance to go back to Italy, go to Juventus, which I don't necessarily think at this point is going to guarantee him a title, especially with Antonio Conte back in Inter, uh, Napoli under Ancelotti. Like there's, there's some talent there from a management structure, and... Yeah, similar to Eden Hazard, who continued to freelance under Mauricio Sarri, I don't necessarily think Cristiano Ronaldo is going to necessarily take all the pointers from one Mauricio Sarri as he asked him to adapt to his type of football. You know, Ronaldo's just going to score goals. He isn't going to want to necessarily follow every tactical element to, to a T. So I don't know how perfect that marriage is going to be, particularly as Juventus fans rallied against the signing of Sarri pre pre-announcement so that's going to be very interesting to track and follow but again thanking him for his time it wasn't a perfect implementation of what he wanted to do there were challenges i think from the club's perspective and from sorry's perspective to make that happen and you know when you get a talisman like Eden Hazard to help you make your dreams come true and win yourself a trophy that is quite wonderful uh, but it took all parts to make it happen so Marisa sorry did play a part in that we should thank him for it and uh, Nick, it is uh, time for another managerial chapter. Indeed. Uh, you, you kind of felt, I don't know, at least I kind of felt <clears throat> when he was announced and you know, obviously I had like one and a half days of preseason and, you know, we, we went into a, a really tough Premier League season after a World Cup year, which is always challenging, that this was going to be really hard Um you know, not only was his style going to be really hard to implement, but, you know, again, the players were mostly exhausted and, you know, it just didn't feel like all the pieces were kind of coming together uh, for him. Add to the fact, like Joe said, that he's incredibly stubborn, poor with the press, um, you know, that he didn't seem to, you know, be an ambassador for the club like previous managers have been. And the fact that he really divided opinion, you know, in Stanford Bridge and outside of it, it just, there, there's no sustainable way to keep that going. And I, you know, I think all the positive points are out there that he guided us to third place, that he um, obviously, you know, helped us win the Europa League trophy, that he was, you know, one penalty away from winning the uh, Carabao Cup. You know, I think those were all really positive things. Some of the early stage football that we saw this year was, 
you know, very positive, um, especially when you consider kind of how the Antonio Conte era ended. So there was a nice like contrast between those two styles. But, you know, as Joe said, the players at some point in October, November stopped doing what he wanted to do. And it became very hard to watch. Um, it was it was Antonio Conte style, you know, plotting without with all of the promise of, hey, we're going to definitely go score goals this time. So it was very frustrating. Add to that that, you know, while we were in Boston, that he didn't show up to any of the uh, events like the walk to the Holocaust Memorial or any of the press conferences. And you kind of start to see the signs uh, branded that, that he was just not going to be there for a long time. I think it's it's totally reasonable to thank him for, you know, kind of the third place finish and, and the trophy and be happy that, you know, it ended on a positive, but not you know, be completely thrilled with his entire tenure and, and be happy that the uh, two parties are moving in different directions. Yeah, I know. It's um, it, it's definitely a weirder goodbye from Chelsea. Um, we didn't have to fire him. That's it's good. Yeah, it's early. Like, I'm a little confused. Like, we're not, we don't like you, but we're not upset. And so uh, I'm sure there'll still be fans that are upset that uh, Maurizio sorry, is leaving. But I think that, fans that are already getting upset at other fans for pushing him out i think this one's a little unfair for that i think there was a lot of different things that Maurizio took into account of why he left so um but putting my kind of stick uh in the sand and making my markers i thought you know i kind of talked about it i think that the team started great and then we didn't progress we actually regressed and took steps back throughout the season i thought he couldn't really find his best starting 11 over an entire season, which was concerning. So to me, while the idea of bringing Sorry Ball and the idea of having a progressive manager is awesome, this just didn't work. He wasn't able, for whatever reason, to implement him, his thing. So um, whether it was the club not giving him the resources he wanted, whether it was the players not giving him um, you know, the effort that he wanted, I think a lot of things went into it. And because of that, it didn't work out, and this is probably the most fair way to progress things. Chelsea have very high standards. Maurizio has a very uh, specific way he wants to do things. So all I have to say is I end with this as a message to the Juve fans. Did you even watch Chelsea last season? <laughs> Your turn, oh, well guys. Done, Brandon. Your turn. So uh, anyways, let us know what all you thought about Maurizio Sarri's short but successful from a trophy list standpoint tenure at Chelsea and we will keep this going uh, but we got more content coming out this week so make sure to stay involved but until next time Chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high Grazie mille sorry <laughs>